the Midas Touches. I'm your host, Tris Tusa, and this is Charlie Bradford. Welcome back to another episode of the Midas Touches. Last week saw an unbelievable week. <laughs> no, that was the weekend before. We had a pretty good weekend. Uh, we had the Dewhurst Stakes at Newmarket, which saw Chaldine win for Andrew Balding and Frankie Dettori and the late exors of His Royal Highness Sheikh Khalid Abdullah. Uh, it was a, a fitting win for Balding. We actually picked up on the fact that Balding doesn't get many runners for those owners. Um, a horse who has a really good chance, I think, in the, the Guineas next year, as Frankie Dettori said after the race. It was a winner for the podcast. Uh, I put up Chaldine. And yeah, we also had a nice winner in Flying Honours who won the first race on that Saturday at Newmarket. So, you know, a couple of winners, also a good placed horse in the big one, the Cesarewitch, as Not So Sleepy was Not So Sleepy, coming third uh, at 40 to 1, tipped up by yours truly, Charlie Bradbeer. Uh, I, I don't think you know how to use yours truly. <laughs> yours truly, Charlie Bradbeer. <laughs> um, yeah, your thoughts on last weekend? Yeah, we've summarised it quite nicely. It was it was some decent racing. Chaldean, as you say, looks exciting. This is average, such a really fun race to watch. Uh, it once again was dominated by the jump trainers, but we were expecting that, and and that's how it played out. But yeah, good, good, good weekend, all in all. It really was a a proper gamble landed for Charles Burns, uh, who brought over that his... thing. That thing was seriously well in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, absolutely ridiculous. The way the horse just finished, uh, it was in a it was in a league of its own, but. You can do those things and, you know, Run for Oscar was found out in the market eventually going off at four to one. Mm. Mm. So punters were happy. We were happy. Mm. Uh, it was a, a great weekend. This weekend, an even more exciting day of racing as we head over to Ascot Racecourse for British Champions Day, sponsored by Kipco. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, some huge races on the card. The return of the world's best racehorse, Baid. Yeah. Excited? Yeah, massively excited. Uh, I was actually at, at uh, Champions Day back when Frankel ran his last race. Uh, and that was an incredibly special day. One of those sort of you you would never forget kind of days. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, oh, I'm going uh, this weekend and I'm hoping for very, uh, very similar type of performance uh when Baid will hopefully go and win the the QE2 doing cartwheels um so yeah very very excited really looking forward to going and being there on the day uh shout out to my friend uh Felix from work who I'm going with um some of his mates thanks for having me because uh Tris sadly ditched me um well I realized I had prior commitments so I can only apologize for that uh, it's all right. I'll have more fun with uh, Felix and his mates anyway. So, I'm sure you would. <laughs> okay, let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Should we get stuck into the racing? Yeah. 
The first race on the card is the Kipco British Champions Long Distance Cup. The last two years, it's been won by Alan King's Trushan. Uh, Trushan currently heads the market 7-4. to four. Elder Elderov, who was the St. Ledger champion, 5-2. to two. Waterville, who's had a couple of really good runs uh, the last time, 11-4. Coltrane, 7s. Sorry about that, that was my phone. Uh, Beamish, 12s. Uh, Quickthorn alongside him. Trawlerman, 16s. Princess Zoe at 20s alongside Search for a Song. And uh, 25 to 1, bar those. Where do you see this one uh, falling? Yeah, interesting race, this one. Uh, True Shan, as you say, won it the last twice. Uh, and I think we could probably say is the second best stayer around behind Kiprios, obviously, who is, I think, quite considerably uh clear of the rest um i don't know i think we, we sort of spoke before and we were like well trushan's probably the likeliest winner of this race but, yeah but at the same time um and this is important to note like I, we don't know what the ground's gonna be We're recording on wednesday it's currently good don't know if there's that much rain forecast i don't think there is i think that's what you're saying not much not much rain at all forecast and you know sunny spells with a bit of wind which usually means drying ground yeah so i think i think we can safely assume that it's going to be good ground come saturday mm. yeah and it's a bit of a fallacy that that true shines a soft ground horse because um he has one on 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 better ground but i'm not sure i want to take him uh in this particular contest um i wouldn't take out Eldorov either uh i think though he's a ledger winner uh a three-year-old hasn't won this since 2009 and it looks very difficult to do so um i do like one of the irish horses in here actually and that's search for a song search for a song was actually second in this back in 2000 uh 2020 2020 uh and uh is actually a multiple group one winner weirdly kind of see it kind of uh seems kind of weird to say that um but but she's she's a she's a multiple group one winner over one mile six and is also one over two miles i don't think she's necessarily the most consistent which is perhaps why she can be a bit of a forgotten horse and maybe that's why she's 25 to one for for this day but i think she uh has got a bit of quality on her day and she could run a big race yeah yeah i think she definitely can um, I would be happy to follow you in with that and also have Trushan for win purposes if Search the Song doesn't get the job done. I think Trushan's definitely going to be in the first two. Um, I'd be be pretty happy to to say that quite confidently. Um, the 2.40, sorry, the 2 o'clock first, the sprint stakes. Uh, Creative Force is currently a 5-2 to two favorite. Rohan, who we tipped... Um, a couple of weeks ago successfully at yeah. four to one in a stronger race here though uh kinross fives art power sevens perfect power eights naval crown tens tenebrism elevens brad the brief twelves castle star fourteens uh 20 to one bar those interesting race this some horses coming from all different kind of classes different spheres rohan coming from a handicap last time creative force um has been on and off this season consistent uh although we'd probably agree trumped by naval crown his stable mate mm -hmm. uh, kim ross more suitable potentially to the seven art power we're not sure if he's good enough yeah it was a very impressive class two win though back in 
2019. Yes. Perfect Power. Perfect Power is one that I think is interesting. Uh, being two from two at Ascot, Fahi actually won this race with Sands of Mali um, three years ago or four years ago, who is just nowhere near the caliber of Perfect Power, who was the Commonwealth Cup winner, went off favorite for the July Cup on rattling fast ground. Wasn't suited to him that day. We get Tom Marquand on board here, who I love as a jockey. Way prefer him to Christophe Sumion, who um, pushed poor Ross Orion off his horse at saint Cloud the other day, um, which we've already spoken about a lot. So, yeah, I think Perfect Power is definitely going to give... Uh, I, I expect a, f- a comeback here from Perfect Power, but I know that you have uh, your eye firmly set on one as well, who I have, for the purposes of this podcast, uh, agreed with you. I think it has a good chance as well. Sorry, is that just for the purposes of this podcast, or do you actually agree with me? I, I do actually. Tell. No, no, for the purposes of the record, because oh, otherwise no, no, our listeners wouldn't know that I actually was in support. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, well, that horse uh, is Naval Crown, as you sort of alluded to earlier. Uh, I think this one should be a lot shorter in the market, and I'm surprised to see Creative Force favourite. I know that horse was the winner of this race last year, uh, but I think that was a, a weaker renewal last year. Um, and Naval Crown, to be honest, has been better than Creative Force this year. I know uh, he's had a couple more runs since then and and uh, really underperformed in his last run, but uh, he had Will Buick on board that day and uh, Buick said he never travelled. His good rides have been with uh, the Doyler on board, who's back on board um, this time. And yeah, I just think that Platinum Jubilee form from Royal Ascot is possibly the best sprint form we've got this season. Um, it was a huge run from Naval Crown at 33 to 1 uh, on the wrong side of the track. And he beat them all and he beat a lot of these horses as well. Like, you know, he's got the form against these. And then he went and backed it up in the July Cup with a close second behind Alcohol Free. Uh, I think he's got a really, really good chance again here. And I think he's he's priced up too much on that last run um which can probably be discounted um i do think just quickly to say though i do think it's a strong race i think it's a shame that obviously minzal's retired and highfield princess isn't here because those two for me are the the best best six furlong horses around um or at least were so yeah that's a shame and also i've got to give a shout out to brad the brief because i'm called brad and I actually quite like that that horse's chances. Unbeaten this season, lightly raced, uh, bringing in some different form lines. So yeah. yeah, have a look at that one as well. It's it's for sure. It's going to be a competitive race. So I think taking something that's not a favourite is probably a good shout. Good luck to Mitt Bahi. Obviously, uh, you're a special horse, and we have a lot of affection for you on the on the Midas touches. Uh, the 240, the Phillies and Mares, is a very interesting race. Lots of runners currently entered, uh, headed by Emily Upjohn for Lord and Lady Lloyd Webber, uh, who was a bit disappointing last time out. Eternal Pearl, 5-1 to one for the Appleby Buick partnership. Mimic Hugh for John and Thady Gosden is the Strawbridge runner, which potentially we didn't want. We love Free Wind and would have loved to see her here. Uh, Sharda, last year's champion, sixes. Cela Rossa, also sixes. Sweet Lady, sevens for France. Stay alert, sevens. Alba Flora, twelves. Ross Carberry, twelves. Innuendo, fourteens, alongside Lilac Road. Very elegant. Will come in here, having not been able to run in the arc last weekend, twenties. Emily Dixon, twenty-fives. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> who do you like? Nice. Uh, who do I like? Well, 
Yeah, you kind of touched upon it there. Uh, free wind definitely would have been my pick here, and I think probably my bet of the day if she'd turned up. I think she's a quality horse. Um, had a really tough race. When was it? I can't remember where it was. Um, but do you remember when she got completely trapped out by Crowley on uh, yeah on a Shada. Uh and still managed at to win. Haydock? Like hands held, it was unbelievable performance. Yeah, um, yeah, Haydock, that's right. Um, yeah, I, I I did like Free Wind, uh, and I'm gonna side with Mimikyu for the same connections here, uh, just on the sort of assumption that that are they maybe put Mimikyu in here in lieu of Free Wind and and think Mimikyu is good enough to do the job. I don't know if that's the case. Maybe Free Wind's been shut up for the winter or whatever it is. But if that is the case, then Mimikyu is clearly all right. And I think this horse has shown um, some pretty decent form uh, when beating Ashada at York. Uh, I, I watched that race back again today and I thought well, that was really impressive. So, yeah, I, I like the look of Mimikyu. Uh, quite a cool name as well. It's a, I don't know if you're a Pokemon fan, Tris, but it's a Pokemon character. Um, I'm not I'm not particularly, um, although, you know, I do understand why people like it. I think um, for me here, two further down the market I find quite interesting. One, uh, although I don't want to back anything that ran at Longchamp over the arc weekend, Emily Dickinson, I think, could hit the frame and is a massive price. Um, form behind Cela Rossa, who's obviously around the 4-1, to 5-1 to one mark here. Also ran pretty well in the in the ledger too. She will receive uh, weight from the older mares. So that's an interesting one. The other one is Ross Carberry for Paddy Tuomi, uh, yeah. who actually, um, you know, is a four-year-old and has close form ties with Emily Dickinson. Um, the group three back in July uh, was giving a lot of weight to Emily Dickinson. So I think giving less weight on saturday that could be an interesting one so yeah, yeah. Th- those two is sort of little little darts that i'm just throwing at the uh, virtual or the, the metaphorical darts board a couple of darts um yes i mean i i think for me three-year-olds are the key here they've won seven of the last eight runnings doesn't mean an older horse can't win it but i'd be looking at the the younger horses for this one um and also just on mimicu i think there are a couple of words of caution um she likely will want the ground a bit softer for one and also uh at the time of recording she has not been jocked up yet so uh no one booked to ride as of yet so just have keep an eye on that if you are going in on Mimikyu. yeah so few horses there for people to look at which should be interesting um the 320 is where the big action starts in Spiral in the qe2 some unbelievable horses uh, have won this. Minding, Frankel, some unbelievable horses. Um, Innsbruck heads the market at four to five. Modern Games seven to two. The Revenant fives. Jadumi sixes. Check and challenge twelves. Bayside boy fourteens. Tempers twenties. Tenebrism twenty fives. We'll leave it there. Um, oh, the QE two. Innsbruck wins. No. No. Who wins then? <laughs> I think I think so, Inspiral wins. No, I go Inspiral uh, wins. We move on, but I know you want to. No, I don't. I don't necessarily need to. Um, I just think I wouldn't be siding necessarily with a horse that's been beaten at one seven this season already. Um, 
and you may disagree, but I know I know she ran well at Ascot um, on the round course. Uh, I, I, I did quite like the Revenant in this. think that uh, that was a big, consistent performer uh, in this race, especially as well. Uh, fourth time in this race, actually. It's finished second, uh, one at once, and fourth uh, last year, I think. <coughs> what the hell was happening there? <laughs> I'm really sorry. I just started choking. I think. He's back. I'm back. Um, yeah, like... Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> so the Revenant just has to be taken out uh, or, you know, shut away for, like, the summer because the ground is never as good. So, again, it's another one where... If the soft ground is there, then I'd be really interested in the Revenant. But if not, I think it's probably just a, a watching brief because uh, Tris is keen on Inspiral. But would yeah. you back here at Evens? I don't know. I think so. I think the way that she won at Royal Ascot at this track after a bit of a layoff was just incredible. Um, I would love to see her win again. I also think that, you know, looking back at the July meeting, the ground was so quick and she just never got on terms with, with Prosper's prosperous voyage mm -hmm. who just managed to stay stay them um stay from the front so yeah inspiral for me but we'll we'll have a look at the revenant as well i think and um Grand obviously pendant. it would be inappropriate not to mention that this will be the first running of the qe2 since the passing of QE2. her majesty um so the four o'clock the last race that we're going to cover properly uh the kipco champion stakes the market is headed by the superstar Bayid, one to four. A day are uh, seven to two, the Derby champion of last year. Bay Bridge, who was very impressive at the start of the season, less so since tens. Dubai Honor, another one who has shown talent in, in recent years. Um, at 20s alongside Raw champion. We can probably leave it there. Yeah, probably. Uh, Bayid is... I think the best horse in the world yeah, and ratings would agree ratings would agree or maybe they wouldn't now I think there is another horse that has equaled him I can't tell you who it is though what because you don't want to or you're not able to <laughs> I can't physically because I don't know <laughs> it's an American horse why don't you just talk about Baid and I'll get out the name of the horse yeah okay uh, Baid completely agree with you I think Baid's an absolute monster uh, I watched him earlier this season at Newbury uh, where he was massively impressive like he has been his whole career um i am yeah really excited to go see him again on saturday uh, as i said at the at the front of the show i think it will hopefully be another one of those wow moments that you will sort of remember um for a long time to come i, I think uh, he's definitely he's he's definitely a, a horse for of a generation already i would say um and I don't really see him losing this one. I mean, it's a sit and enjoy kind of race rather than uh, rather than getting involved financially, I think. Uh, Adyar's interesting coming back, honestly. Um, he didn't do so well in this uh, meeting last year, but that was coming off the back of a, a difficult run in the arc. Um, and I think being much fresher into this, having had just one run this season, a win... Um, he that'll probably stand him in good stead i just don't think he's got to he's got enough to serve up to baid but i don't think anyone has so there's no shame in that uh i'm really looking forward to seeing baid and uh i can't wait for what will be uh hopefully just a fantastic procession yeah um 
just following up from earlier, Flightline is the horse I was talking about, who is actually rated 139, which is pretty incredible. Um, last time won uh, a grade one out in America by 19 and one quarter length. Uh, we should be seeing him line up in the Breeders' Cup. Uh, we'll wait to see. I still think Baid would, would beat any horse on the planet, to be honest, mm. over a mile. Um, yeah. And one I think... I think even over uh, over the one more two, I think we've seen that he's shown himself to be, you know, as effective, if not even more effective. Maybe a shame that he didn't line up in the um, arc, but mm. it's great to see him come here uh, to end his career. So, yeah. Haggis, Haggis and Gold aren't going to look so clever if <laughs> he then goes and loses this race, right? Yeah, they're not. They're not at all. Um and I know that Charlie Appleby and William Buick will be doing their best to spoil the party, mm. as they always do. Unless you're betting them, in which case they can supply a pretty yeah, good party as well. Party, yeah. um, so Baid is the winner of the champion stakes in the four o'clock. The 440, the closer of the Balmoral, uh, the closer of Champions Day is the Balmoral Handicap. Um, blue for you is, <laughs> is the one that I think uh, obviously is favourite. Uh, I would love a little throwback. It would be very fitting for the season if Blue For You were to win, given that it was the O'Mara and Tud Hope Ascot um, partnership that, that brought our horse. Uh, what's the Horse Watchers one called? Oh, my God. Not Rassel, but I know. Um... What is he? Ross Golan. Go Ross, Ross Golan. Ross Golan. Uh, that brought Ross Golan uh, to come third in that race at, at sort of 50 to one or something. Yes. So for me, I'd love to, I'd love that just for a sentimental note. Other than that, I don't really have a strong fancy in the race. By this point, mm -hmm. I think I'll be uh, tucking into a couple of lagers after a very successful day. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's hope so. Um yeah, probably. I mean, this race is a bit of a headache, to be honest. It's a difficult one to read. Uh, Aldari won it very impressively last year. Um, and I did think Montathan for the same connections could be quite interesting uh, at a bigger price. Uh, I think this one's been falling down the weights just enough now to be coming here off quite a competitive mark um, and has run really well, actually, at, at Ascot. Uh, I remember, I think it was last year, coming second to Dark Vision. Uh, that was a big performance and um, it was last year as well where like um, if there was a shake hand down horse in a handicap you would, would always pay attention so yeah just just thinking about that again this year uh, honestly want to give a shout out to Escobar as well um, he's run four times in this race now uh, and I think this will be his fifth uh, he weirdly also had one year where he ran in the QE2 instead, which is just like, I don't know what connection he's thinking there, but okay. Um, I mean, he does usually run well in this one. Uh, I think don't think he'll get the, the soft ground that he loves, but uh, got to give a shout out to him because he's a very popular horse. Yeah, and then we, if we're shouting out to Ross Golan, Ross Golan is actually in the race. Um, <laughs> James Doyle jocked up at the moment for David O'Mara, so... Yeah, I'll take both the Omar runners here. Um, it's going to be an epic weekend of racing. Charlie, I hope you have an awesome time uh, and get some great content for the podcast Instagram. We'll also be doing our write-up on Lunify, which you can check out there if you guys can't uh, hear us. 
but you can read, which um, you might be doing. I would be surprised if you got to this far in the podcast episode, though. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, do check us out there. Check us out on Instagram. Um, we love you guys listening to us. And uh, yeah, very excited for the weekend. Very, very excited. Um, that is going to close the episode for this week, though. It's a goodbye from me, Tris. And it's a goodbye from me, Charlie. Goodbye.